Welcome to Real Radiant, a podcast from the heart to help you connect to your radiant self. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and each week I'm bringing on some amazing guests for real and honest conversations on topics like lifestyle, wellness, and how to live your best life. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Real Radiant. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and I'm so happy to be back on the mic with you all this week for another episode. Today's episode, I'm joined by Lindsay Mitchell. She is the founder of Vital Side, which is a membership program that empowers those with chronic illness and limbic system impairment to retrain their brain out of the chronic stress response so they can get relief from the symptoms and find freedom in their lives. It is a very valuable thing that she is doing. and this conversation offered so much information and so many great tips on how you can, if you're experiencing chronic illness, how you can retrain your brain and help yourself get to a state of more empowerment. We talk all about brain retraining, nervous system regulation, and so much more. I know that you guys will really benefit from listening to this episode because there's so much valuable information and lessons to be learned from it. Lindsay has a very experienced background in this field because she has training in medicine as a physician's assistant. She's worked as an NLP practitioner and has experience herself of dealing with chronic illness because she had Lyme's disease. So she's very qualified to be talking about this stuff and just offers some amazing insight for you guys. But first, before we get into the episode, remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on and also to follow the Instagram at Real Radiant with two T's where I post daily updates about what the podcast is doing, guests that I'm having on, and just some tips and tricks that you can add to your life. So I'm super excited for this episode. And without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for coming on Real Radiant. Hey, Morgan. Thank you so much for having me. I am so grateful that you're here and I'm so curious. I've been asking everybody that comes on this, what is one quote that has resonated with you and changed your perspective on things like life, jobs, relationships, anything like that? Yeah, I have a quote here um, that really helps me on a day-to-day basis. It helped me when I was struggling with chronic illness. Uh, If I ever am feeling down about my life or just the traumas that have happened in my life, I come back to this quote. So I'm sure someone out there kind of dealing with trauma or chronic illness today may want to hear it. So It says, the most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. And that's by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who was actually an American psychiatrist who worked a lot of times with people um, who were dying. And I just think that this quote resonates so much with, with me because to know great loss, you also know the flip side of that, which is like great, incredible joy. So it's kind of seeing what can come out of traumatic situations, whether that's a chronic illness or a traumatic event in your life. Mm -hmm. I love that. And where did you hear that? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, I heard it for the first time 
I was given this little book of quotes and it has these beautiful quotes and like these pictures drawn on the back. And I think it went, I think I got it as a gift when I was recovering from Lyme disease from a friend. And I just absolutely loved this one quote. So I actually uh, like ripped it out of the book (laughs) and then made it pretty and then put it in a frame. Um, And yeah, I've had it on my wall pretty much ever since. Oh, I love that. And I especially love the last line that beautiful people don't just happen because it really shows that like the dark periods of your life and the in the moment they seem so dark and dreary and like it's never going to end but once you finally come out of that you have such a strong clarity of who you are and what your capabilities are and I think it's it's so powerful so I really love that yeah and it causes me to look for people who have like big giant smiles on their face Mm because I know that that person who is able to experience like such unapologetic joy has often seen the opposite of that right which Mm -hmm. is like that deep suffering and so I think as a society that really connects us like oh you can experience that such unapologetic happiness like that must mean that you've also seen the depths of despair and it's a beautiful dichotomy that we as humans you know Mm -hmm. live in (laughs) yeah I love that I really do and so tell us a little bit about yourself who you are what you do give your personal elevator pitch on yourself. (laughs) Yeah. So I started a business about five years ago. My background is medicine and I'm trained in internal medicine. And prior to five years ago, I was sick with a chronic illness. And so my background is, is really training in Western medicine. And I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease and I kind of went through the whole process of treating that and like that really Western medical model wasn't seeing drastic changes to my symptoms and wanted to figure out how to feel better really Mm -hmm. and start seeing, you know, improvement in my immune system and in the symptoms of, you know, fatigue and migraines and pain and then anxiety that came along with it as well and sensitivities. So I started learning about neuroplasticity, which just means that the brain is able to change. It's a concept that has always happened, but it's, it hasn't been until the last three decades or so that we actually have information on it, you know, technology that studies the brain and how the brain changes and actually how the brain also changes the body. So I started reading about chronic illness in, or I started reading about brain retraining, neuroplasticity in conjunction with chronic illness and how when you're dealing with a chronic illness or a traumatic event, the brain gets into a state of survival. So this can look like the fight or flight response or the freeze response. And basically these survival responses make it really hard for you to make a full recovery. And so I looked at my own life and I was thinking, okay, I'm taking all the medications. I'm doing all the detox. I'm doing the diets. Like I've changed my life totally, like drastically. Why aren't I feeling better? And that's when I recognized it was my brain 
my autonomic nervous system communicating to my body that danger was present and it made it really hard to heal. So I, I learned everything I could about it. And I took a couple courses and certifications to really better my understanding on the subject and started to create tools that got my brain out of that fight or flight response. And so this is beyond meditation, even though there are certain aspects to it that make sense and, and apply, um, it's a structured process that I developed to retrain that sympathetic dominant survival response that's being communicated from the brain to the body and the body to the brain. So that's what I did to <laughs> make my full recovery from Lyme disease. And it took about eight months for me to really start to see like a drastic change and ultimately recover from Lyme. And after that, I was going to go back to work and I was working with a practitioner here in Austin. And I thought, you know, there's so many people who are really good at addressing the physical body, but what if I was able to bridge the gap between being a practitioner in the medical field and then a lot of what people call nowadays the woo-woo information, um, mm -hmm. you know, energetics, quantum physics, how we impact our environment and vice versa. What if I could be that kind of middleman who is able to provide people with structured techniques who are dealing with very real symptoms from a more scientific perspective, but could still use those structured protocols and visualization and, you know, different forms of meditation. And that's what I did. So about five years ago, I started Vital Side. And that's what I do every day now. So I've built a company where, you know, we've worked with thousands of people who have a chronic illness or chronic symptoms, and they're setting their brain and body up for success. And I know that was way longer than an elevator pitch, but that's kind of, you know, my background and, and what got me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a powerful story. And it kind of just goes back to the quote that you spoke about too, how you were struggling with something, you know, you were struggling with Lyme's disease and you didn't really have the tools to like help yourself get through it. So you, in that dark time, developed the tools for yourself and now are using that to help so many other people, which is such like a amazing thing that comes out of our dark times, you know, when it, when we can use that knowledge that we gain and inspire other people and change other people's lives in the process. So that's really amazing what you're doing. And can you walk us through your four-step method that you've developed for vital side and how you're helping people with that? Yeah. So over the years, like when I first started vital side, I was going to people's houses and spending like two and a half hours doing intensive training work. Uh, all the tools I teach, it's, it's called active neuroplasticity. So it's mental exercises, somatic practices that are structured that really communicate that safety in the brain and the body. So both kind of a top down and bottom up regulation approach. And I developed the four-step method because I noticed some areas 
within the brain retraining community, within, you know, on social media, where people with chronic symptoms are kind of looking and seeking, you know, answers, looking for answers, seeking answers. And the very first step is called reset. And this is a seven day program. It's like very simple tools you can use to start resetting that parasympathetic dominant survival response. So really short videos, all seven minutes or less. Some are like two, three minutes. So something that's very tangible for you to do every day to start resetting that survival response and becoming aware of it. And I, that was a program that was developed last year because people were like, I just want a taste of what this is like before I make a full commitment. Mm -hmm. So that brings me to step two, which is rewire with the vital side membership. And this is a uh, fully comprehensive course, annual subscription that teaches you the science behind how the brain changes and then starts to give you the tools on making those changes to the brain that help you to change your body. And that's really the full course that, you know, you see testimonials on of, you know, I, I went from being housebound or bedridden to now walking and working, or I couldn't eat any food. And now I'm eating foods again and living my life. I went back to work. So that's the pretty intensive program that is a virtual course, but also offers uh, a private cohort group and, and private sessions, if that's something that you want to do. So pretty comprehensive and structured program. And that, that's the one that I created first that, um, you know, took me years to really refine a lot of the tools, but those are, you know, extremely effective evidence-based tools. Mm -hmm. Then step three is called Elevate and that's Brain Retraining 2.0. And this is like, if you've done the membership or you've done maybe another brain retraining program that is offered out there, like I was just speaking to someone in Germany yesterday who had done two other retraining programs and she was still symptomatic and she still had questions. And so this program kind of allows you to go into a deeper dive into your retraining practice. So a lot of times people can kind of be caught in this cycle, like with brain retraining, a lot of times, if you don't fully understand the concepts, you think, oh, maybe this is just positive thinking, or maybe I have to pressure myself to just be well and think like I'm well. And Elevate helps to debunk a lot of those belief systems and kind of help you to connect with yourself while having chronic symptoms, while having a chronic illness. And I think that's often uh, misconstrued in the brain retraining world. And now it's being talked about more because we have like trending topics like toxic positivity and things like that. So I love to make that difference. And that difference is really made in Elevate. And then step four is regulate. So this is a community we meet once every three weeks. We go through a relevant topic, just depending on what's going on in the world. And we have a state changer hub. So state changers are, like I mentioned before, the somatic exercises or mental exercises you can use 
the moment you experience a symptom to start to shift and change your perspective on that symptom, the emotional charge, and ultimately change the symptom itself. So we offer like my uh, business partner, Bianca Spears, who's a laughter wellness facilitator, and she uh, helped co-create, elevate, and regulate. So we've designed these tools. There's about 20 to 30 tools in Regulate that people can just use, and that's a monthly subscription. So all of these steps, you know, you don't have to do all of them. You don't have to do them in consecutive order. Um, but the cool thing about where they're located is I created a uh, virtual community that's free for people where all these courses are listed. And within two months, we've had over a thousand people sign up, which is really awesome to see. And so you can access these courses. You can chat with people who also have chronic symptoms. And it's just a nice place to kind of see the featured videos. I go on there live and it's just a community of brain retrainers away from social media, away from maybe content that you don't want to see. You don't want to feed that survival stress response. Um, a really great hub. So I'm super excited about it because we've really shifted our focus to be community forward. And that's really what we're leading with now. Yeah. And I, I love that. And especially because you're, you're not only helping people with the process, but you're also giving them the tools for like, once they've gone through the four steps of how to continue working on it in the future. And not just, it's not just like a one and done type of deal with a lot of things where you just go sit down, you do it for an hour, then that's it. Like this, these are practical tools that you can utilize on a day-to-day -day basis for the rest of your life. So that's really valuable for so many people. And throughout your work and working with clients, what do you think are the main contributors or conditions that bring people to vital side? Yeah. So to your point, um, with like brain retraining being a lifelong process, it is, our brains are always changing. And so it's really interesting to see that and to be aware of it and cognizant of it in your life so that you can kind of apply brain retraining tools, not in maybe such an intensive way as you would if you have a chronic illness, but as a way of life, as a support mechanism, because we all need that support. So in 2022, people who are showing up to a lot of these programs are people who have, you know, long COVID, right? Long COVID haulers. I've seen a lot of people who experience chronic symptoms as a result and um, are seeing great success in vital side. Uh, still get a lot of people who have fibromyalgia, chronic pain, Lyme disease, autoimmune conditions. Um, I've had people that I don't work with kind of typically like people who have had a cancer diagnosis or um, I've had recently a couple people with really rare autoimmune diseases, um, someone recently with Wilson's disease. So a lot of chronic conditions from people who've been told that they won't get better and they have to deal with the symptoms for the rest of their lives. And that in itself is really traumatic on the nervous system. 
you know, on your mind really. And it creates a despondent feeling that, okay, like this is me now, right? I am now my symptoms. And what I love about the work that I do and that my team does, and we connect on this every time we have a team meeting is the fact that we get to be an empowering solution for people who feel like they are completely out of hope. And so it's really putting, it's putting the baton back in your hand so that you feel like an active player in your treatment. And, you know, part of that is getting a team of practitioners on your side that really support you and help you rather than tell you it's all in your head or tell you you'll have to live with this or kind of write you off. Um, and then it's about using these tools to set your brain and body communication up for success so that your body kind of starts operating in this optimal environment to heal. And along with that, I say like a healthy side effect of all of this is the hope starts to reignite and you start to smile more or enjoy your life or enjoy your relationships with, you know, other people, your friends, your family, these types of things. And it's beautiful to watch and, and it's hard work, you know, it takes time. And I was just reading a post by someone who really struggled at the beginning of vital side. Um, she was, had POTS, you know, diagnosis. She was dizzy a lot, struggled with eating. And she was just chatting with someone else on the forum saying like, it took me 10 months before I saw changes, but now my life looks drastically different. And that's the beautiful thing about how the brain changes is these little things that you can do every day, these structured tools, what you pay attention to, the language that you use, how you show up, all of these things, it may not look like an immediate change or immediate gratification, which we know so well in today's day and age, but almost overnight, your brain and body can make that shift. It feels like it's it's overnight, but it's really just an added effect on um, this kind of tipping point that happens. All of the added tools and time and focus that you've had, your body can change like that. And that's when you start to see um, changes to your symptoms, changes to your life. So yeah, I feel... I don't remember what the question was, but I feel totally grateful that I get to, to do this work really every day. Mm -hmm. And I, I like what you said about putting the baton back in the people's hands, because especially with chronic illnesses, there's so much uncertainty going on and your body's going through so much stress and so many changes and it, you feel powerless. You don't have control over what's going on. You're putting all your treatment into the hands of other people and just kind of like waiting and hoping for things to get better. So I think having people have that power back in their treatment is so valuable and it definitely brings upon that hope and helps them get better because their mental state is a lot higher, you know? So I think that's, that's such a powerful element to it. And I think it often gets overlooked, especially in Western medicine, where people, they have illnesses and they just go to a doctor and just depend on them for treatment. But 
by taking the power back into your own hands, it can shift so much in outcomes. And can you kind of describe how the brain retraining and what you do relates to neuroplasticity and how we can develop our neuroplasticity as we age? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of confusion out there on the different terms that are used in this field. Uh, neuroplasticity means that the brain changes. Brain retraining means that the brain can change. Um, when we talk about top-down regulation, using our brain to make changes to the body, using our cognitive processes, bottom up is kind of using more body focused approach or a somatic approach to make changes to the brain. None of these can happen without the other. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you make changes to the brain, you make changes to the body. You make changes to the body, you make changes to the brain. Brain and body are always communicating. Brain, nervous system, body, always communicating. So you can't do one without the other and all are synonymous terms. So when I talk about, oh, what I do is brain retraining. Well, after this podcast interview, if you go sit outside and have lunch and look at the birds and call a friend, that makes changes to your brain. We're changing our brains all the time. So neuroplasticity is the field that describes that the fact that our brains are changing. And brain retraining, what I think of it is as intentional changes to the brain that we are choosing to make. So going back to that empowered choice. So a really kind of easy example is a lot of people, myself included, can wake up in the morning and just start their day and just do, right? Be in their day. I got a podcast interview. I've got a couple of client calls. I've got this. I've got that. And you're just doing and going about your day. Well, that is changing your brain. And maybe in a way where your brain's running on autopilot because this is something that you've done day in and day out. So you don't have to kind of use a whole lot of brain power and energy. You just do. But at the end of the day, you may feel tired or disconnected or stressed. Like I know I get, you know, daily examples of this where I'm like, <laughs> I think I just lived in my day, right? Mm -hmm. Without being intentional with it. So it's kind of the difference between that kind of day and then waking up in the morning and kind of like yawning, shaking your body and saying, I choose, I decide. Today, mm -hmm. I choose, I decide. And then you get to choose your focus for the day and you get to choose how you're intentionally showing up. So Maybe that means, okay, well, after the intentional podcast interview, I'm going to um, have some blank space for creative time. And I'm going to listen to music and dance. And I'm going to, you know, choose what my focus is going to be on for my next creative project. So that's an example of how we can change our brains just as humans and living in this world. So if you kind of take that into, uh, okay, I have a chronic illness and I'm dealing with 
the chronic survival response, the stress response. I'm dealing with that day after day. I have chronic symptoms, pain, inflammation, headache, sensitivities. So in that situation, your brain can be communicating to the body and vice versa. We're in danger and you need to survive. So we're going to send inflammation to different parts of your body. We're going to react like this food that you're eating or this smoothie that you're drinking is dangerous because something's going on here. And so that's what's happening with that brain and body connection. So in that fight or flight response, a good example is the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access. So hypothalamus, part of the limbic brain, sends a message to the pituitary, hey, danger is present, we need to survive. And pituitary sends a message to the adrenal gland sitting on top of the kidneys to release cortisol, which is the stress hormone. And simultaneously, other stress hormones and neurotransmitters get released, like adrenaline and norepinephrine. And these are designed to help us to stay alive, but they're being released because we're receiving that danger signal. So in intentional brain retraining and using active neuroplasticity, we can start breaking that conditioned response and communicating safety into our lives. And so it takes intentional mental exercises, intentional somatic practices to break up that pattern again and again and relearn what safety feels like in our bodies, what safety looks like. How can we communicate that signal of safety so that we can access more readily the parasympathetic rest and digest response, which turns on when we feel safe, when we want to connect to other people, when we experience joy. And so part of that looks like breaking the cycle of kind of accessing those stress hormones and introducing neurotransmitters that make us feel good. Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, right? These are those feel good neurochemicals. And so that's when the structured processes uh, really help you to break up that cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I kind of want, I want to talk to you more about how we have, our bodies have an ability to heal. So can you kind of like walk us through that and what you know about the healing process? Yeah. So there's so many really cool examples of the body innately designed to heal. You can think about what happens when you have a paper cut and like watching the different processes, the different, uh, you know, just the different steps your body takes in order to heal that wound. And our nervous system is designed in that way as well. So like we kind of kicked off this podcast episode, really acknowledging the fact that we've all experienced trauma in our lives. And trauma is part of the human experience. And I'm using trauma in this broad term of psychological, mental, emotional, physical trauma, because our nervous systems can't tell the difference. They can't distinguish between the different types of trauma. So our nervous systems are impacted 
by the trauma and designed to survive. So the survival response that we all know and recognize, you know, that fight or flight response, that freeze response, these are mechanisms from the autonomic nervous system designed to protect us and keep us alive, right? So you think of a situation like a modern day situation where, you know, you're driving on the freeway and someone stops short in front of you and you have to swerve the car and slam on your brakes. And in that moment, you feel your heart beat fast. You start to breathe faster. Blood gets sent to your hands and feet to stay and fight or to run away. And this is a beautiful protective mechanism created for us to keep us alive. Now, in a lot of situations, that survival mechanism can actually act um, in a way that doesn't feel good and it can remain turned on. And part of that is because our nervous systems and our brains, our brains change, you know, we, we do change all the time, but our nervous system hasn't changed so much like our modern society has. So we have, we drive cars, we have technology, we have alarms that go off and buzzers and blinky lights and all of these things that can trigger that survival response. And our nervous systems are kind of trying to play catch up. They're like, is this dangerous? And they can turn on when the alarm goes off or when this, you know, you get a phone call from your boss or, you know, all of these things happen and the nervous system says, ah, this could be possibly dangerous. And so you may notice that these survival responses are showing up in your life more often than not. And so with this awareness comes an understanding that we also have natural and innate resilience. And that exists, one of the ways that exists is when we are operating from a balanced autonomic nervous system. Meaning if we think of the autonomic nervous system responses in the form of a traffic light, we have the green go, that's the rest and digest response, that parasympathetic response that allows you to digest your food optimally, bring blood flow to your digestive tract, help you metabolize, your immune system is working for you. You're able to go to sleep, all of these things. Then you have the yellow light, which is the fight or flight response. And that's designed, get out of danger, run away, heartbeat fast, kind of like what we talked about when the car stops short. And then we have the red light and that is the freeze response. And that is, okay, the best way to survive right now is to shrink down and hide. And so you can feel like you actually freeze up. That's where you can feel depressed or unmotivated or super fatigued or dizzy. And all of these responses are meant to keep you alive. That's the beautiful thing. But sometimes when they're out of whack, just because of life situations or traumatic events, one or two responses can remain turned on for longer periods of time. 
So when we operate from that balanced autonomic nervous system, access that rest and digest response more often than not, so that we can digest properly, have downtime, open to creativity, you know, all of these things, connections that we're able to access there. And then access those red and yellow lights when we need to, because humans have always faced, animals always face danger in their lives. And again, they're designed to protect. So having a balance between those three, that's really the goal of what we do in Vital Side. And that's how we can continue to access that natural resilience. Mm-hmm. So do you have any recommended tips that people can start implementing like right here as they're listening or throughout the rest of the day after listening to this that they can do to bring balance to their nervous system and kind of bring that dysregulation back to a state of peace? Yeah. So one of the first things I would recommend doing is now that you kind of understand the traffic light, you know, red, yellow, green, I would take a day to kind of check in every so often, maybe three times a day. And maybe you set like a gentle alarm for some time in the morning and the afternoon and the evening. And when that alarm goes off, just ask yourself, am I operating from green light, red light, yellow light? And do this for about a week and start to get familiar with how you're operating. And even if you're not totally sure, maybe you're like, oh, I'm a little bit anxious right now. Well, maybe that's the yellow light. So make your best educated guess just based on the information we've gone through. And then after a week, you'll have like 21 pieces of information to really understand what you're generally operating from. And if you recognize that you are operating from more of that survival state, so red light or yellow light, that protection state, how can you create a sense of safety in your day-to-day life? And so I'll go through a little exercise with you now that can kind of break up that survival response. And so when you recognize that survival response, or maybe you do this kind of prophylactically just throughout the day, I know I use tools all the time. I recommend getting up, either walking into a different room or going outside, you know, putting your feet on the ground taking a deep breath in through the nose and taking a out your mouth and you can kind of move your hands up as you inhale and then exhale out and move your hands down. And for a couple seconds of time, just shake out your body so you can blow out your lips shake out your hands, shake out your head, shake out your Uh, arms, shake out your body, shake out your legs. And you can do this just for like 10, 20 seconds. And then get still and come back to that question. How can I create safety in my life? And maybe that's recalling a moment where you felt safe 
or an experience that you had where you felt really supported and comforted and loved. And you can do that for just 30 seconds, mm-hmm. or maybe it's smiling and kind of rocking your body back and forth, which is a pretty typical um, rocking like this experience. Um, this is a pretty typical experience of being rocked and supported and loved as a child. How can I create safety in my life? So what that does is it changes your environment. So you're receiving new and different sensory information than the one that you're in right now. You're changing that automatically. Being outside, there's studies done on being outside and how that naturally helps you to create or produce dopamine and serotonin. So kind of shifting your sensory perception and also kind of increasing those feel good neurochemicals, taking some deep conscious breaths in again, being intentional about a physiological response that we all have access to, but often that is not something we maintain because it's an automatic response as well, but paying attention to it brings some awareness to this physiological response. And then blowing out the lips, shaking out the body. This can help to release those feel-good neurochemicals as well. And also energetically slough off any kind of emotion or frustration or even physiological response that you may be experiencing that has to do with stress. And then taking a moment to connect with a sense of safety. And that can look like being quiet, being still, listening to the birds outside, rocking yourself, smiling, something to help you remember what that safety looks like and feels like and how it acts and what it smells like and what it tastes like and creating that sensory perception of safety. Yeah, that's a really valuable exercise to do. And I'm going to try that today to see how it works for me. Um, and I'm really curious to know what your just as like a side note, what your opinion is on um, social media and how it relates to brain retraining and like nervous system dysregulation. Do you see a relationship between that? What are your thoughts? Well, it's important to know and understand that social media, um, along with other advertising and marketing, news stations, all of these businesses and companies design their technology, the way that they market, the way that they advertising based on how we physiologically respond to things. Mm-hmm. So it's proven that, you know, Facebook, I think a couple of years ago came out with this study that yes, we used information about kind of getting that dopamine rush in a way that makes you crave more dopamine, more likes, you know, whenever you click that like button or see that like button and social media is a platform that unapologetically uses how humans respond, human behavior, how our nervous systems respond. And so, okay, thank you for being a parent with that information and and letting us know that. Um, But I think it's really important to understand that all of these types of businesses, the news, 
starting out with a story that gets us obviously in that state of stress, that adrenaline response, so that we continue to watch it, right? Because we can get addicted to adrenaline. And, you know, advertising and marketing, a lot of those, I mean, likely all good marketing and advertising is based on how we respond to certain situations based on a lot of NLP or neuro-linguistic programming. So, okay, so if we have that awareness, awareness is key because then we can decide what boundaries we need to set so that we know when there may be an addiction to kind of that dopamine or adrenaline rush and then we start to pay attention to what really feels good and wholesome and purpose-driven and aligned in our own lives. So a quick cast is spending 30 minutes on social media and afterwards, how do I feel? How does my body feel? <laughs> right. And it's like a very easy test and you can do that at the end of each day and start to just recognize how your body feels. Is it something that feels sustainable helps me to stay aligned, connect with maybe that sense of safety. I, I did a poll recently on my Instagram about whether or not this created safety in the body. And about 60, I think it was 67 people said it did not. But that was an interesting percentage for me to understand because what that means that 36% of people said it did. And I'm curious of those 36% of people who did connect with the sense of safety on Instagram, who were they following, mm -hmm. right? So maybe their feeds are curated with people who are talking about healing and active neuroplasticity and plants and like beautiful things that they love and enjoy. So every single person is different. And I think you can come up with your own boundary. I know in vital side, my team, like we do have our own boundaries. We're not checking. In fact, we're taking a week off of social media next week to just recalibrate and kind of get clear. Um, that's so, so important. Mm -hmm. As long as you can create your own boundary and have and practice that awareness of how it makes mm -hmm. you feel, I think we can use social media for good and we can then curate our feeds and talk about really relevant information and really do the thing that social media that we secretly know and love about social media, which is just being social and connecting mm -hmm. with people from, from all over and learning information in that social community oriented way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really solid and I like that you guys are taking a week off. I think that's awesome that you and your team are doing that because last summer I took like, it was, I took like six months off of all social media. And I think during that time is when I gained the most clarity about who I am, what I want to do with my life. And then when I finally got back on social media, I had all of my values aligned. And then now I use it in such a more beneficial way you know where I'm not just going on and it and it's sucking the energy out of me and it's making me feel stressed or making me feel anxious or comparing myself to people it's like more of a creative tool to connect with people and then also to you know have my podcast on there and things of that nature you know it's not just sucking the life out of me like social media can do you know so that's that's yeah, a great it's that intentionality 
Exactly. Right. So that, Mm -hmm. that was like a reprieve and a reset for your own brain to Mm -hmm. stop the pathways of comparison and stress and all of Mm -hmm. the things that maybe it caused before. And for you to like, just get clear on you. I think that's vital to survival as humans. Exactly. Yeah. And do you have any books, other podcasts, like your own and, or other resources that you recommend people check out? Yes. So I have a podcast called Wired for More. And this is a podcast that uh, a friend of mine, Kate Ross, and I do together. And it's all talking about brain rewiring for health, for success, for happiness. So a lot of really great information there about neuroscience, positive psychology, all these really great tools. Uh, So you can check out that podcast, Wired for More. Uh, A couple books that I wanted to mention today, just on the brain and on that brain body communication, Brain Lock by Dr. Jeffrey Schwartz is a really great one. And it's specific to OCD, but I really like the information kind of learning and understanding how the brain is impacted with OCD and how we can rewire our brains. And Molecules of Emotion by Dr. Candice Pert. Um, her, the way that she describes her research on how molecules impact or, or how emotions impact the body and how if we don't attach a story onto an emotion, they can change within 90 seconds. And that's the, the lifespan of an emotion. So she talks about the neurochemistry behind emotions. So very, very powerful stuff. Uh, all. I'll leave you with those two Mm -hmm. or three recommendations for today. Yeah. I'll have to check out those books. Thank you. And where can people find you, your Instagram website, all of that stuff. If you're taking a break from social media, you can find (laughs) me on my website and that's vital-side.com. Lots of great free resources on there. If you want to access the free community, I put a lot of good videos on there, lots of good information, and you can always reach out to me on the website. And then you can also check out my Instagram at my vital side. If you're really looking to curate your feed today and you want some really, you know, positive, helpful, beneficial information on improving that brain body communication. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was such a valuable conversation. And I know just speaking with you, I learned so much and I know that everybody listening learned just the same. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Morgan.